Welcome back to another episode of the CSK8 podcast. My name is Jared O'Leary. Each episode of this podcast is either an interview with a guest or multiple guests or a solo episode where I unpack some scholarship in relation to computer science education. In this week's episode, I'm unpacking a paper titled The Subservient, Co-Equal, Effective, and Social Integration Styles and Their Implications for the Arts. And this paper was written by Leora Bressler. And there is no abstract for this particular paper. However, a quote from page 33 kind of perfectly summarizes this paper in a single sentence. So it's says, quote, this article examines the different manifestations of arts integration in the operational day-to-day curriculum in ordinary schools, focusing on the how, the what, and the toward what, end quote, it's from page 33. Now, even though this particular paper is related to the arts and integration of the arts, I'm going to specifically talk about computer science integration, so I promise it's relevant to computer science educators. Now, you can find a direct link to this article in the show notes at jaredoleary.com, which you can quickly visit by going to the app that you're listening to this on and clicking on the link in the description. And right below that, you'll also see a link to Boot Up Professional Development. So the link says that this podcast is powered by Boot Up. That's the nonprofit that I work for, where I collaborate on research grants and I've advised our professional development team and create content like this podcast and a free curriculum. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out at bootuppd.org. And there are links to that on my website and in the show notes. There's also links on my website to a bunch of other nerdy stuff like drumming and gaming. So check that out too. All right, so in the very first paragraph, I'm going to read you a quote. It's gonna be a few sentences, but I'm gonna change arts and the arts to computer science. And let's see if this resonates with you. Quote, computer science educators typically seek to establish through integration, a more solid role for computer science within the academic curriculum. They envision computer science specialists who collaborate with classroom teachers and, in the process, strengthen the links between the marginalized specialists in the institutions. Principles' vision of integration typically involves classroom teachers teaching computer science as part of the academic curriculum. They tend to value integration as a way both to use school time efficiently and to save money and resources. Classroom teachers often express ambivalence toward the issue of integration. They see the demand that they include computer science as one more mandated curriculum topic imposed upon them with little or no support, end quote. It's from page 31. And I don't know about for you, but that really resonated with me with our discussions in computer science education. Now, in these show notes, I'll include a link to my dissertation, which has some discussions on the different types of integration that you can include in a class or program or school. But this particular article kind of talks about a few different categories of them very briefly. So this is from page 31. So I'm not going to read all of them, but here are some different approaches that I think are worth discussing. So one is interdisciplinary. So the author describes this as, quote, maintaining traditional subject boundaries while aligning content and concepts from one discipline with those of another, end quote. This is a little bit different than thematic approaches, which involves, quote, subordinating subject matter to a theme, allowing the boundaries between disciplines to blur, end quote, which is different from holistic approaches, which is all about, quote, addressing the needs of the whole child, including cognitive, physical, moral, affective, and spiritual dimensions, end quote, which is different from multidisciplinary, which is, quote, looking at a situation as it was portrayed in different disciplines, end quote, which is different than another definition of interdisciplinary, which is, quote, considering a problem in terms of different disciplines and then synthesizing these perspectives and coming up with a more general account, end quote, which is different than metadisciplinary, which is, quote, comparing the practices within a particular discipline, end quote, which is different from transdisciplinary, which is, quote, examining a concept as it appears in political and in physical discourse, end quote. Okay, so why all these different terms? And then there's even interdiscipline, which I mentioned in an episode two weeks ago, which is basically like when you fuse 
two disciplinary domains together to create a new one. Like bioengineering is the fusing together a merger of biology and engineering to create bioengineering or ethics and engineering and you could do ethical engineering or ethical bioengineering combination of like three things. So those are like an interdiscipline. Okay, so why is it important to know the difference between thematic approaches, holistic approaches, multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary, metadisciplinary, transdisciplinary, or interdiscipline? Because whenever somebody talks about integration, we need to know, okay, well, what do you envision for that type of integration? Are you planning on integrating through a multidisciplinary approach or a transdisciplinary approach? Each one of these all serve different purposes and different rationales and can position the disciplines in a relationship with each other that might be beneficial to both or might only be beneficial to one. So when we talk about integration, it's extremely important that we really clarify, well, what exactly do you mean by this? What does that look like? So let's dive into this a little bit more. So on the following page, the author provides some more context around integration and kind of talks about how there's been debate among the arts community about, well, what does integration look like? And it is a continuum. There are many ways to integrate and there are a lot of debates around it. Maybe I'll read some Elliot Eisner publications down the road because I think it'd be beneficial for the field of CS education to see how other disciplines talk about integration, to kind of learn from the mistakes and learn from the lessons learned in other areas. An interesting quote, however, from page 32 basically states that although a lot of people talk about arts integration, very few people actually practice integration of the arts. And I'd say the same thing for computer science education. When people, especially administrators, tend to talk about integration, they're trying to find a way to slip it into the curriculum with minimal effort. So that way it doesn't take away from the core or essential classes, subjects, etc. That's obviously generally speaking. But what can happen is people will do a so-called integration by like once a semester or once a quarter, they will do a coding lesson. That's not really integration. That's just quickly trying to check off the boxes to say that you covered some standards. And I think that's problematic. There are some really cool ways that you can integrate, but unless you're willing to spend a lot of time and money providing professional development for all of your teachers, like through boot up professional development, I would argue it's not gonna go well. It could do a disservice not only to the students, but also to the teachers, if you don't have a ton of support to be able to help teachers learn how to teach a new content area, embedded within another content area, which is difficult to do. So you have to provide the time, the energy, the effort, the money. Otherwise, they're going to just kind of skim through the surface of concepts and practices on CS education. And I don't think students are actually gonna learn much CS education. That's my own bias, but it's just what I've observed with a lot of districts. When they say they are doing something through an integration approach, it usually means that they're not really diving into CS as deeply as they would have if they just had somebody doing this full time as their only position, which like my old K-8 school that I worked in in Avondale, it was a coding position. So all I taught were coding classes. So every kid was required to go to this class because my entire job just consisted of teaching coding. I needed to know a lot about different languages, platforms, etc. But if I were teaching, I don't know, science class and was just kind of integrating it like once a month or once a quarter, I wouldn't need to know much about computer science and I wouldn't really be able to help kids dive deeper into it because they weren't able to engage in it as frequently as they were in a class dedicated 100% to learning coding. If however, you were to combine that approach with collaborating with other subject areas, 
I think you could do some pretty cool integration stuff, but as we're going to see, there are some different approaches for integration that you'll need to consider. An interesting note about arts integration is that there is a tendency to say that we're integrating the arts to have a child-centered approach by allowing them to express themselves, etc. But I'd argue that a lot of the rationales for integrating CS is not, in fact, student-centered. It's just test-centered. So integration, again, being pushed down as oh, this is the quickest way that we can do this without taking away time from other things, is not thinking about the benefits to students, but is just thinking about how can we check off the boxes for these required standards without taking away time. And I do think that's problematic. I get it, it's difficult, but in the long run, I honestly think it's kind of doing a bit of a disservice and kind of doing some smoke and mirrors by being able to say, oh yeah, we're doing computer science, when really it's just, okay, maybe you're using some terms like computational thinking and like you're talking about, oh, this is decomposition, check. I used a vocabulary word, we talked about it for a minute, and now we continue working on ELA or science or math or whatever. The way that comes across to me is like saying, oh yeah, we have a dual language immersion program. We support bilingualism in our schools because when we are getting ready to take a test, we ask students to pull out their inpitsu, which is Japanese for pencil. And then we say at lunchtime, hey, don't forget to drink a lot of mizu, which means water. Yeah, you're connecting in some vocabulary words, but you're not going to become bilingual if you have a vocabulary word every now and then. Same thing with computer science. You're not going to become proficient in computer science if you don't put in the time. And if you wanna hear more about that, listen to the episode where I unpack Kay Anders Erickson's discussions on skill acquisition and expertise, which is like the scholar who was basically cited for Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers that talks about the 10,000 hour rule that's not an actual rule. So check that out if you wanna hear more discussion on that particular topic. So if you decide to do integration, there are some approaches that you can use that are awesome, that work great for any subject area involved with it. But then there are approaches that are problematic. So this particular paper talks about a three-year ethnographic study that the author did in K-8 schools where they did semi-structured interviews with teachers, principals, artists, and residents. They reviewed curricular materials, etc. And they're specifically looking at the integration approaches used for the arts in their classrooms. What I want to do is read for you the different approaches, but I'm going to translate it into computer science education. So I'm going to swap out the words the arts with computer science. So here's a quote from page 33. Quote, in the first, the subservient style, computer science serves the basic academic curriculum in its contents, pedagogies, and structures. The second, the co-equal style, brings computer science as an equal partner, integrating the curriculum with computer science-specific contents, skills, expressions, and modes of thinking. The third, the effective integration style, emphasizes feelings invoked by and attitudes towards computer science, as well as student-centered learning and initiative, and incorporates ideals of creativity and self-expression that teachers and principals acknowledge are not served by the academic curriculum. The fourth style emphasizes the social function of the school and its role as a community, end quote. Okay, so the remaining sections of this paper unpacks each of those. So the first one that it talks about is the subservient approach. This approach is the most prevalent in the particular study. It's where the arts served to spice up the other subject areas. Now, here's a quote from page 33 and 34. And again, I'm gonna modify it so it's computer science. The subservient nature of computer science to the curricular content is not surprising, since these activities were typically conducted by classroom teachers with little experience in computer science. One would assume that the teachers would try to get advice from specialists, but there was little consultation and input from computer science specialists. 
The primary motivation for integration in this approach centered around economy of time, end quote. Now, another motivation for this particular approach was, quote, the building of student self-esteem, providing different modes of representations so that different students can succeed was a common theme in interviews with teachers, end quote. Now, if we look at this as a way to get kids to express themselves, okay, then maybe programming like scratch approaches could work with that. But another way that you could look at this, the subservient approach is computation thinking. So rather than actually learning computer science concepts, practices, skills, programming languages, etc., you learn a like four or five different terms associated with whatever your definition of computational thinking is, like decomposition, abstraction, pattern recognition, etc. You can teach those relatively quickly to teachers. They incorporate that vocabulary, insert it into a lesson or two, and that approach could be described as a subservient approach, which is drastically different than the next approach, the co-equal cognitive integration style. Here's a quote from page 34. Quote, the second integrative style is the one advocated by the scholarly literature. It is also the least common in my study. Because it requires discipline-specific knowledge or skills, it was rarely practiced, and when it was, it was either conducted by a teacher with an extensive computer science background or in consultation and cooperation with computer science specialists, end quote. Obviously, I changed the wording, so it was computer science, not the arts. This approach, the co-equal style, engaged in like projects or units that occurred over a relatively long period of time taking several lessons. This contrasts with the subservient approach, which kind of just throws in vocabulary or small activities to kind of enhance the subject area through the arts or computer science. So when I think of integration, I think of the co-equal style. This might be a teacher whose entire job is dedicated to computer science and programming, collaborating with another teacher, and they come up with together like a combined unit or project that students will work on in both classes. That could be a co-equal approach. It does, however, require at least one person to understand computer science or programming. But in my opinion, it allows you to dive deeper because you have somebody there with some expertise in the subject area. Without that expertise and the time and the money dedicated to developing that expertise, teachers would be limited to, again, skimming on the surface of concepts and practices, usually just by using vocabulary. All right, so there are two more integration styles that are mentioned in this particular article. The next one is called the effective style. So this one was interesting. I'm not sure what the exact parallel would be for computer science education, but for the arts, it was basically using the art aesthetics to kind of set a mood or relax or concentrate in class. So for example, putting on music during a test to help calm students down in terms of their anxiety around the test or something like that. So here's a quote from page 34. Quote, here, the emphasis was not on making a product nor on acquiring specific knowledge or skills. It was on exposing students to art so that they could immerse themselves in their feelings and their responses to it. These activities provided a change of pace, a change of mode, a change of mood, end quote. However, in the effective style, there was also another subcategory in it that was more active. So rather than just receiving information or passively engaging in the arts or in computer science, you would create something. So in this particular study, the teachers would use the arts to encourage kids to create things, to express themselves. A common rationale for this in the interviews was that, quote, some teachers complained about the overly structured nature of the curriculum, which does not allow students to express themselves and have ownership over their projects. Allowing students to be creative provided a balance, as did the non-critical, non-authoritative role teachers assumed 
in order to facilitate students' expressivity and spontaneity. They regarded the arts as tools for self-expression and the manifestation of individuality and uniqueness." End quote. It's from page 34 and 35. So that reminds me a lot of the conversations that I hear around creative computing and kind of aligns with my own approach with computer science. While I think many kids have the opportunity to use CS for careers and projects outside of school, most likely won't go into computer science as a field of study or for a career. So because the kids that I worked with were required to attend, I wanted them to still be able to do something with that information, even if they had no plans on using it for a career. So we focus on self-expression and creativity in the classes that I worked with. However, where that differs is it was specifically in a computer science class, in a K-8 coding class. It was not in like a social studies class where you used computer science to express yourself in social studies content. So that's where it's a little bit different than just like the creative computing discussions. Now, interestingly, this approach is most common in K through two grades, so the primary grades. And here's a quote from page 35, quote, teachers who adopted this orientation were mostly classroom or special education teachers who, although they had little or no formal computer science background, had an active interest in computer science as reflected in their stated beliefs and activities in their private lives. As it did not require any specific knowledge, the orientation fit nicely within classroom teachers' lack of computer science expertise, end quote. So going back to Unplugged, I could see how that kind of might relate to that. I could also see some platforms like Code.org or Scratch Junior, where you don't necessarily need to have a lot of CS and programming content knowledge in order to engage in it or to teach it in the primary grade levels, just more of, but obviously that depends on how you teach it. Now, in the last paragraph of this particular section, the author mentions that the purpose typically for the effective style was to complement other subject areas by incorporating things that were absent from it. So for example, in X subject area, maybe there's not a lot of creativity, so let's let kids express themselves in the subject area through creating a scratch project. Or, hey, there's not a lot of movement going on, we're just kind of sitting and getting, so let's incorporate and unplug to get it so that kids are up and moving. That differs from the subservient style, which was imitative of the general curriculum, which is also different than the co-equal style, which was attempting to expand the curriculum. But there's one more style that actually has less to do with education and more to do with integrating through social functions of schooling. So this one is called the social integration style, and it too complemented the academic curriculum, but from a different angle than some of the other approaches. So principals who use this Quote, place high value on the establishment and maintenance of the school as a community and its relations with the larger outside community, students as families. Social functions like PTA meetings, holiday, honor programs, and ethnic evenings reviewed as prime opportunities for creating such a community. And computer science had a role in making those social events a success, end quote, from page 35. Okay, so I again changed it so it's CS rather than the arts, but I'm not entirely sure what this kind of integration would look like for computer science. Like, the examples that were given were, hey, in the PTA meeting, we would have a choir perform, so integrating into some kind of a social activity. But what would be the equivalent of that for computer science? If you got an idea, let me know. There is a contact me button on my website. All right, so the last section of here is on the discussion. And so the author is quick to point out that although they presented this into like four different styles of integration, they overlap. So some teachers might engage in one, two, three, or all four of these in various times of the year and for various reasons. But it's a good thing to consider 
Whenever engaging any form of integration, or if you're like a professional development provider and the administrators say, hey, we want to integrate. Well, then you can talk about, well, why is it that you want to integrate? How do you want to integrate? Maybe you could use some of these categories or different categories of different integration styles to talk about it. Or you could talk about, well, is this going to be transdisciplinary, metadisciplinary, interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary, etc. And depending on which one that you choose, how does this relate to your own vision for CS education, which I talk about in an episode on the vision framework by CS for all, which I highly recommend taking a look at. And I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So you can listen to that episode and then read the actual paper. Depending on what vision you have, an integration style may or may not actually align with that vision and how you choose to implement. So here's a quote from page 35 and 36. And again, changing it to CS rather than the arts. Quote, these integration styles reflect some fundamental differences and assumptions about the relationship of computer science and computer science instruction to the larger curriculum and educational goals, emphasizing different roles of computer science in the school. Each model implies different values concerning what is worthwhile and important for children to know in computer science, as well as in academic subjects, and how computer science could fit within the academic curriculum and the school. These values and goals shape the organization of learning resources and pedagogies, end quote. Now, the subservient relationship, it's clear that the author and myself are not a huge fan of that one. That was the most prevalent uh, approach or style, and the one that was most touted as, hey, this is what you should do, the co-equal, that one was the least done in classes. And the author notes that, quote, this style was the least in practice, and that is not surprising, as the style is the most difficult to implement. Quote, a little bit further down, this style, quote, attempts to integrate computer science into the curriculum in ways that draw and build on the characteristics of computer science requiring classroom teachers to provide direction and guidance that often transcends their vision and current abilities. Whereas the subservient, effective, and social integration styles do not require any major changes in teacher thinking and attitudes. The co-equal, cognitive style entails a fundamentally different way of conceptualizing a discipline in terms of content, goals, and sometimes pedagogies. These new conceptualizations often call for a change of existing structures, in that they involve collaboration among groups of people who do not traditionally work together." End quote. It's from page 36. And I would add to that for computer science that it also requires learning more about a content area that they likely do not have any background in. All right, so here's the last couple sentences of this particular paper. It's from page 36. Quote, just as distinct disciplines has developed over the ages because they allow scholars to elucidate specific kinds of phenomena, School subjects are often taught as much for convenience of presentation and evaluation as for their intrinsic logic. This convenience establishes traditions within schools as well as within teacher education programs in colleges of education. Changing these traditions has implications for conceptual knowledge and pedagogical techniques, implying changes in attitude and beliefs about the nature of the discipline and of cooperation. In addition to intellectual feasibility and soundness, Integration typically involves issues of human relations, communication among different groups of teachers, and the coordination of resources, schedules, and structures. To use an analogy from the arts, it involves a shift from a solo performance to a chamber work, end quote. That is really important for PD providers in particular to think about. So if you're working with a district, and let's say you wanted to have district-wide implementation. It is likely that admin are going to try and find the fastest, cheapest way to begin addressing the computer science standards with the least amount of time and energy on teachers, especially nowadays because they have so much on their plate. And with all the stresses and whatnot with COVID and communities, 
rallying against equity-centered approaches to education, etc. Like, there's so much going on. And to then say, hey, you have to learn a whole nother subject area on top of all the stuff that you're already worrying about, I get it why administrators want to just go with the fastest way to integrate. However, in the long run, I would argue this is a complete disservice to these students who are supposed to be learning this content area. For example, just simply using terms around computational thinking and then saying, well, now we've integrated computer science, we don't need to do anything other than that, I think is problematic. There's so many cool things you can explore in the field and that you can explore in the intersections of computer science and other areas. Like check out the podcast from two weeks ago on the intersections of music and CS. That stuff gets me excited. It's so cool. But instead of exploring stuff like that, if we just go with the subservient approach and we say, hey, here's a CS term, we're applying it in a music class, boom, we're done. That's just not a very exciting way to learn. And I don't think it's going to honestly motivate kids to want to explore CS. But those are my opinions, and you're allowed to disagree. Speaking of my opinions, at the end of these Unpacking Scholarship episodes, I like to talk about some lingering questions and thoughts, and I do have a couple. So one of them is, if we were to interview a variety of teachers in different CS integration contexts, what integration styles would we find? So if we didn't start with these four different categories and we were to go in and code them, not like programming, but like qualitatively code them to figure out different approaches that were used, what would we see? But another question that I have is, of the integration styles that were mentioned, which ones do you think are more common in CS compared to the arts? And then how do those different integration styles lend themselves toward different visions for CS? Again, going back to the visions framework from cs for all So for example, would a focus on digital literacy integrate in subservient ways? And would a focus on creativity and self-expression integrate through effective or co-equal styles? I don't know, but it seems like an interesting research question, in my opinion. And then and I guess the last thing, just to kind of drive home a point that I made earlier, I think that advocates and leaders in the space need to not just focus on getting CS into all of schools, but also focus on how it's going into schools. So if it's going into a classroom through integration, cool, but is it through a subservient style or a co-equal style, an effective style, social integration style, or something else. Yeah, it's great that we're increasing enrollment numbers, we're getting it so that more kids have access to computer science, yada, 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 but how are we doing that? In the long run, are we shooting ourselves in the foot because of the approaches that we're using to get it into the classrooms quickly? And I don't know. We'll find out like 10, 20 years from now, but I'm not seeing enough discussion on this. It wasn't really until the other weekend when Carla Strickland gave a closing keynote for a CSTA conference where Carla unpacked like the different approaches to integration and how they all have different modes or means and lend themselves toward different goals. That was probably the first time that I've really heard people within the space actually talk about how there are different ways to integrate. And I loved it. But I think we need to have more of those discussions. So if there was a call to action, I guess, that I would say for this particular episode, it would be to one, think about how you are integrating CS in your schools or through your professional development or your curriculum etc. And then engage in colleagues to really kind of unpack what are the long-term benefits or constraints with this approach? And how does it compare to other approaches in the space? If you got an idea, again, you can certainly be a guest on the show. Contact me button on my website at jaredoleary.com. But I hope you walk away from this particular episode with more questions or things to consider or ponder than answers. And I hope you consider sharing this particular episode with a friend. But stay tuned next week for another episode. And until then, I hope you're all staying safe and are having a wonderful week.